Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Venture Property Podcast, and thank you very much for listening. We live in a very, very fast world these days, and I really do appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to these podcasts. So please do me a favor. If you do get even one piece of gold from this podcast, please will you tell your other property people or your entrepreneur friends about them. Today, we are sponsored by Land Insight. Land Insight reached out to me to see how we could work together collaboratively. Now, I use Land Insight. So normally, when somebody reaches out to me, I don't really like promoting products, especially if I don't use them. I just see that people are trying to sell stuff. But this time, I was actually a huge fan of their product anyway and what they are wanting to achieve. I use this software to not only find my deals, but to pull together all the information I need around them. It is a very powerful tool. And if you want an extended trial, that's what they're giving all of my listeners. If you drop me an email, ryanatventurepropertylincoln.co.uk, I will get that set up for you. So into the podcast today, I have a very hungry young man. I interviewed this guy for the Property Tribes Young Entrepreneur Week, and I was blown away by his enthusiasm and his ability to see things and know what he needed. And that young man is Rajan Bara. How are you doing today, Rajan? I'm great, thank you, Ryan. Thanks for having me on again, really appreciate it. No worries, when I interviewed you last time, it was like, whoa, I've definitely got to delve deeper and now I've got my own show, it is, I'm able to do that. So why don't you tell people about how you came to property? And also, don't forget your age, because you are a very young man. <laughs> um, right, guys, so by, by Ryan's admission, I'm only 23. Um, I started out in property when I was at university. Uh, I was studying law at the time, and I knew straight away that law wasn't the career path that I wanted. Um, so it all started in a pretty typical way. I started going to training courses with my parents and a few family members who wanted to pursue property full-time. Um, and that was at about the age of 19, I'd say. Yeah, about 19. Uh, one course led to another course which I was recommended by a family friend who actually volunteered on that course took me there and then from there the career just rolled from one strategy to where I am now so I started off with property sourcing and we were sourcing uh, I had a business partner at the time and we were sourcing off-plan development opportunities uh, from there I've started up my own rent to rent business and actually now I've got a few uh, I've got two flips on the go at the moment so turn for profit deals which I'm starting. This is all in London. Um, it's where I'm based. It's where I'm focused. London and the southeast. And uh, just as a, that's that's that as a quick introduction, really. Yeah, and I know. I think that's amazing that you're based in London, and you're making it work in London. It's a ridiculously mental market. Yeah, I see. Um, and I wouldn't ever get involved there. Um, but that's mainly because I stick to where I know. Um, and where I've got my connections. Now, I know yeah. that you break it down. You, we just had a brief discussion, and we broke it down into sort of three things in which you believe, and we just sort of touched on one of them, which is the knowledge. Why don't you tell the listeners in a little bit more detail about the three things that you broke it down into, the knowledge, the mentor, and the money, and we'll, we'll delve into those a little bit deeper. Right, guys. So um, I always... Whenever I'm talking to someone who's new in property or just starting out or they're young and they want to and they ask me, you know, you were young when you started how, how and why and things like that. I always go down to motive, uh, mental and money first. 
and then the knowledge. Yeah. Uh, the reason I do it that way is because those were the three things that I struggled with when I first started. Um, they're pretty self-explanatory, but I think they're sometimes misconstrued depending on who you talk to and what their view is on it as well. Being so young, everyone's willing to give you their opinion, but it's not always the right one. Um, so I'll start with motive. motive you know, that was London then, wasn't it? Motive. Yeah. <laughs> proper London talk out then, didn't you? Motive. I had to, I had to pull it back a bit because it's my... Oh, no. I heard straight away you was like, mo motive. <laughs> you got your voice on, didn't you? It's my Cockney roots. I can't it help it. it. It's all my uncles, trust me. This is very formal English for me. <laughs> um, but the, the motive, the motive, lads, the motive. Like um, you've got to know why you want to do property. Why, why is a property a career that you won't be involved in? Because if you don't enjoy this or if there's, an, if there's a major aspect of a property business that you just don't enjoy, you're, it's not going to work. Yeah. You, you need to have a driving force whatever that is for you you need to be able to sit down and go right that is the thing that is going to keep me going when it's when it's crap and when it's going really well and when it's not happening for me and when it is happening for me that is going to be the constant thing that is going to keep me going in my property journey as a young person you need to have it because it's easy to get distracted or try and find the next easiest thing or the next better thing you've got to have this thing that keeps you on a focused course one path just keep going i'm really impressed that a young person is saying that because especially in the world we live in in property where do you know what the grass is always greener on the other side with another strategy yeah that yeah you've identified that shows the caliber of person that you yeah. are and that you are successful and you'll be even more successful i've no doubt about that thank you thank you um but the fact that you've honed in on that already is, is testament to you so what is the motive for you if you don't mind me asking for me <laughs> uh for me um it's always been a fact it's always been my family yeah. i'm very family orientated uh i spend a lot of time with uh, my uncles you know it's me and my mum who live at home together my brother's out at university at the moment yeah um i spend a lot of time with my grandparents my parents are divorced so i spend so it's me and my mum's side of the family um and that for me i've i've grown up seeing their struggle and uh, you know, thank God that we've come out the other side, and we're doing quite—we're doing okay as a family, we're doing quite well for ourselves. Yeah. And uh, but I never wanted to be in a position where I was caught short or something. I was either short for money, or I had those panics that my parents went through or my family's gone through because I've seen that firsthand. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I didn't like being in a position where I couldn't help. I always wanted to be able to help them with. Whatever I can do for them, I will do for them. And that's the driving force for me, is that if I want to be able to help them and I want to be able to learn from them, I want them to be proud of me. And it was such a big thing. From as young as 15, 14, when I was playing football, it's always been, you know, what, what can I do to impress these guys and what can I do for these guys and how do I make these guys proud? And for me, it's, and for me, it's, it's got to be that deep-rooted. If you're going to go into property, your why, your motive must be that deep-rooted in you. Otherwise, it's just gonna, you're just going to flake off from side to side and you're going to spread yourself too thin. Yeah, and as well, I know that for myself, I've been in property six years now and I started yeah. at 24, so older than you are now and you're already in, in that. There's going to be dark days in property. There's going to be some challenges. Absolutely. And to have that grounding belief that, do you know what, that 
will to just, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do, did that just come through then? It did, but it's okay because we're real, we're real entrepreneurs. We're actually in the game. Phone calls are going to happen. Yeah, that's just going to really annoy me. <laughs> through on my phone and it shouldn't have done um i can get that edited out yes so going on challenges because you've got this motive that pulls you in and it yeah. keeps you grounded and it keeps you focused and it keeps you going do you want to just touch upon maybe a real challenging issue that that you've had uh, i know we're going slightly off topic here but i'd just like to definitely pick on a challenge that you've had and how you've got around that and how the motive has sort of played a part in that? Um, there's, I'm trying to think of a good example. I mean, the, the thing is with property as a business is that there's, you're going to have challenges every day. And it's literally every day. Something will happen every day and you've just got to be able to deal with it. I think, um, I think money was a massive challenge. I think it was huge. Um, it, we didn't, I didn't come from a... a Still don't come from a lot of money. Didn't come from a lot of money when I started. Um, I had an angel investor, uh, angel investor start me up. That's how I began. And plus a bit of seed capital from sourcing. Um, that was, for me, the biggest barrier, both psychologically and you know, actually having the cash to actually go out and pursue property as a business. As a challenge, it I saw it as the be all and end all. Money was the be all and end all in property. And if I wanted to operate in London, I had to have money. There was no two ways around it. That's it. Um, the way I overcame that challenge was actually, and it sounds cringy, but it's genuinely just through networking. Yeah. I aligned myself with the, with the right people. I think we spoke about this last time we sat down together. You know, just aligning yourself with the right people. I got a mentor on board who uh, gave me creative ideas and way to... Um, you know, taking seed capital, uh, talk to investors and talk to other developers and create a source of income. Yeah. Um, and then actually going out and implementing those, that advice. So it was finding land and then finding the investor, finding the developer, you know, did we have contacts in uh, planning? Did we have contacts in interior design, in architecture? And once you build that network, you just leverage the experience of that network and then you can end up leveraging the cash of that network. And that as a challenge was huge because I saw it as the, as pretty much the, the only real physical element, physical challenge that I had to go through. Everything else was very, a very psychological journey. But the money for me was, you know, the toughest thing that I've gone through. And, you know, you still go through these challenges today as your projects get bigger as your ambitions grow, um, you know, finding the cash to do the deal, especially in a place like London where the prices are so distorted. Um, scares me. The London prices scare me. They're ridiculous. You know what? It, it, if, I can convince, if I can convince you, Ryan, by the end of today, that, yeah. you know, you should be investing in London, I, that, that'll be the goal, right? Because London is, everyone says this, and I, you hear it so often, especially from younger people. London is so overpriced. London is this. London is that. It is just about applying the knowledge that we attain through our journey and just applying it to London. It is that simple. It, there is no, it's not, it's not El Dorado. It's not the Golden City. It's just applying the principles that we are taught. So if you look for a certain profit margin, you'll find it in London. I can almost guarantee it. And you've just got to be strict with your criteria. And it helps you build credibility too. Yes. When you know exactly what you're looking for. 
So you could do a project in, because uh, you're based in Lincoln, right? right? Yes. Right, so you could do a project that's 25, 20 to 25% profit margin in Lincoln on a GDV, right, which is your gross development value. Right, um, let's take that as an example. You can find that in London. You just have to be persistent. Yeah. And that's it. It's, it's literally that simple. But these are all part and part of, the, of being in property and being in the business. These are all the challenges associated with that. And you just got to, you know, it's half of, half of a case of just dealing with it, but it's just dealing with it in the right way and a focused manner and you'll get through it. Mm, I like that. I mean, I would never say no. I just think for me, my competitive advantage is Lincoln and the fact that I know people here, just like yeah. you've got, we're, we're going to touch upon the knowledge um, and then the contacts that help you that gives you a competitive advantage and i really like the fact that what's coming through quite nicely is the motive so your motive here you know exactly what you you want and you're strict upon that so yeah. by doing that you get i've got a friend who says where attention goes energy flows and at first i thought you know that's quite a cheesy corny saying but if you focus on what you want then uh, then you will get only what you want yeah. Um, so shall we just touch upon the mentor, which you touched upon slightly? Um, you've got a mentor. How crucial to your development is that mentor? Uh, <laughs> it is almost at times the make or break. It is quite literally that, that serious as part, as part of the business and as part of the journey. Um, he is an incredible guy. He's helped me out right from the start and he's still with me today. We've actually turned business partners recently. Yep. Um, so it's, it's a fantastic journey. And to anyone who's about to start in property or wants to start in property, if you've got to start somewhere, you've got to find a, a mentor. That, that, is, that is the, I, it's the most crucial piece of advice I can give anyone mm. because it, it will help you so much. And especially a mentor who's, at a stage or has already been at a stage where you eventually want to end up. Yeah. So my mentor, uh, uh, works in commercial and development. Uh, that's his side of property, but he's been through rent to rent and he's been through flips and he has a, a wealth of knowledge at banks over, I think it's over 20 years. He's been in the property business, something ridiculous like that. Um, and the amount of knowledge he's been able to bring to me has, has just been so crucial even in things like HMO management and tenant management, which we spoke about last time, like it's so crucial to have someone there to help you because it's so easy to get overwhelmed or flustered by, an, by a situation that you've not dealt with before. Mm. So for me, mentor is absolutely key. And you'll need a mentor for different aspects of your life, especially being young. I think this is where, this is where it's not really spoken about so much like the psychological element of being in property the tough days that come you know when when deals aren't coming your way or nothing's really stacking or you know you're getting overwhelmed by what seems like a sluggish progress you will need a mentor who will just keep you focused and just say to you look don't worry these things happen you just got to keep focused what are you looking for go out and look for it and make sure you attain what you're looking for strict say strict to your criteria mm. so for me i i could not bang on about having a mentor enough it's just crucial i can tell that that's really passionate for you and that's obviously been 
a big key driver in your success. Do you have any tips yeah. for anybody listening on how to select the right mentor? You, um, to select the right mentor, so there's, you know what, yeah, I do, right? You must get on with your mentor. You, that is the fundamental, the fundamental element of having a mentor. You must get on with them. They, they've got to become, there's loads of people out there and I'm not going to start naming names, but people who will take a payment and, be, and say they will become your mentor, um, who will put you on training programs, et cetera, et cetera. Some of those are really good. Don't get me wrong. Some of them are fantastic. And I've had the pleasure of meeting with a few of them and I get on with all of them. But for me, you, if you must get on with your mentor, you must feel confident and comfortable enough to discuss your issues with your mentor, especially if they're going to help you on your personal life as well. Where my mentor was a family friend, he was able to help me personally. He understood my personal situation and was able to help me over obstacles at home. Um, if it's a business mentor, you must still get on. You must talk about the difficult decisions because you're going to make mistakes and you must be able to admit to your mentor, you know, I'm owning up, here's the mistake that I made. How do I fix it? So my top tip is you must get on with your mentor. He must, like, there's all the other factors as well because it's so complicated. You know, he must come from a position where you want to end up or want to be or take the same journey. Uh, he himself must be in a must be able to help you and have that time to help you there's no point having a mentor who is so fully invested in his own career that you're not going to be able to access him if you need it because it will just break down and it will wither out over time and that can become another issue i've seen that happen to friends of mine um but if you can get on with your mentor and speak to him just on a level and just you know in a friendly manner where it's quite informal and just ring them up and say look this is my situation how do i deal with this or how do i deal with that it will form such a stronger bond between you and your mentor and your business will grow as a result of that. I like it. And that's your living proof that having the right mentor can definitely help. So yeah, definitely. Move on to the money aspect then, because this is one of the key things that, you know, you see a lot of people in property and they're always after more money. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There is no escaping it. You're going to need money to uh, invest in property. There is just no two ways around it. Um, that doesn't mean to say that you can't have that you can't start a business in property, and have you must have money to do that. That's that's not true. So the way I always phrase it is that um, you don't need money to be in property, be in a property business, but it does help. Yeah. Um, so I started out with no money, quite literally nothing. Um, I was a, like I said, I was a student at the time, so you know. It was Tesco sandwiches and pasta for most evenings. Um, and we started creating capital when we were sourcing deals. It, it took the, now everyone goes, oh, you know, that's no money because that's not your own business and you don't have to purchase the land and you don't have to fund the purchase or anything like that. But you still got, it depends on the, the extremity of your situation. You've still got to find the time to go to a location, go and meet an investor, have a coffee, um, travel because, like, so we were where we were at university. We had to travel from university down to London to be able to conduct business in London and go back up to university. So your, our travel costs were an expense. So you have to find a way to to be able to deal with that, whether that's you know a part time job for the time being or you know uh, using your savings. I'm not suggesting that you use your savings, but these are all things that we did. Um, any money we saved up, we used to go to go and conduct business. 
And then from there, once we started building, uh, once I built a big enough cash pot to start rent to rent, I started rent to rent because that gave me a cash flow. So every month I had money coming in. So that was less of a worry. And then from there, we've grown on that. And then you'll find that as you continue your flow of business and as you, um, as it grows and as your experience grows, your access to cash gets a lot easier. People will start investing in you because they've seen the work you've done. Yeah. Uh, you'll be able to uh, find, it'll be easier to be creatively finance a deal. Um, so you'll be able to leverage the, the business that you can do, especially if you've set it up formally. Um, if you have a trading history and things like that, that will become a lot easier. Um, and again, your network, you'll be able to joint venture with a lot more people because they would have seen what you've done how the the quality of what you produce and that you actually that you actually uh, do deliver on what you say you will deliver on but that is another key point for anyone who's under 25 one key thing we have to prove is credibility if you are going if you're going to borrow cash from someone pay them back when you pay them uh, when you agree to pay them back and the amount you you've paid because it's so easy to just waffle and and it could go wrong and I'll, at the end of the day that's not your cash but treat that cash like it's your own money be ethical when you're dealing with someone and if you if you know you can't deliver just say you can't deliver it come up with another deal another an, another arrangement don't get caught in that position where it's it's on your reputation because so young it can stay with you for such a long time yeah i like that a lot so then the last one was the knowledge yeah how did you attain your knowledge in property? So my knowledge, like I said, my knowledge came when I started out, I started going to property courses. And again, I'm not going to name them, but I went to one property course, which was very fast paced. And they got me very, uh, what's the word? Uh, when you get caught up in the heat at the moment, when you get caught up in the... You were very excited. Yeah, yeah. When, when, when you're ready to start laying down money for this course and that course and you've taken up this and whatever. Um, so I started there and they introduced you to a few strategies and it's always very, very open. You can do this. It doesn't matter. You can do this. It doesn't matter. The numbers are bigger on this strategy. The numbers are bigger on this strategy. And that happens quite a lot. And that's where I started. It was very naive. Very, I think it's very typical of a lot of young people who are into the industry now. They start off on a property course and go, yeah, I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this. And by next year, I'll be making a hundred grand and I'll buy a Range Rover. It'll be brilliant. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's not quite, it's, that's not impossible by no means, but it wasn't my experience. Um, so I started on one course, was recommended a second course. Uh, and on that second course, I actually did take on uh, a training schedule, um, a, a training program. Uh, I went on a rent to rent training. And uh, if you go on a rent to rent training, so this, this is how I acquired all my knowledge in the industry. Aside from the typical reading this, reading that, um, there's your motivation books and your books written by, you know, certain property entrepreneurs who have established themselves in the industry. Those all help. Don't get me wrong. And they can definitely aid your knowledge, but it's, it's not a finite thing. There's never enough that you can know about your industry. Um, so from there, I went on a property course that was strictly for rent to rent that little sector. And then from there, it was implementing it. And most of my knowledge comes from the implementation stage from ringing agents and trying to find deals what were the the genuine obstacles that i was facing uh what were the answers to those obstacles or what could i do to mitigate those um those objections and then 
actually being in a job. So it's easy to say, oh, for example, take a, a HMO, for example, and you, I see you say, oh, you take it out, you know, you rent the rooms out and whatever you make in between what you earn and what the landlord earns is your profit. That's very easy to, uh, to say. The, the difference is, and the knowledge comes from when you're advertising the room, what are your tenant bases looking for? Yes, there might be demand in your area, but is there demand for what you're trying to produce? What standard? What are the type of, what is, what's the tenant base like? Who are they and what do they actually want and what type of people are they? Um, what are the returns like? Is, it, is, it, is all your market based on one significant factor or is it based on a host of factors? And that all came just from trying it. And like I said, I'd invested a bit of time learning about these courses in theory, but the, the, vast, my, the vast majority of my knowledge base came from actually implementing those strategies. And for anyone who's starting or is just beginning to get a roll on things, just keep going because you will learn more as you go. And if you are just starting out, don't be afraid to start. Everyone makes mistakes and you will too. But just keep going because you will learn more and more. You'll become more confident and it does become easier. It just starts off hard. Yeah. And how do you track all of that information that you're then gaining and you're gathering, you know, on tenant types, all that kind of stuff? Do you have a yeah. system for that? Um, not so much a system because when we start, when I started out, it was very small scale. So I was only looking for one rent to rent at the time. So I only really had to focus on one rent to rent. There wasn't really a system necessary because I had so much time on my hands. Like I said, I was just out of university. Um, so I had so much time on my hands. It wasn't really an issue. Um, but you will, and especially in London where it varies postcode to postcode, not so much area. For example, the Lewisham postcode, which is SE13 is so different to the Greenwich postcode, which is SE10, but they're, they're literally, in, it's the same generic region of London and the neighboring postcodes. Um, for example, you can achieve a lot more per room just for having a Greenwich postcode. Mm. That, that is, you know, I, I, we've seen that go across where we've, where we've had uh, HMOs in different areas and where we've networked with people and asked them, how much do you achieve for a double in Greenwich? How much do you achieve for a double in Lewisham, for example? Um, and then you look at where do people work now luckily in Greenwich and Lewisham it doesn't differ too much on the type of people who are there but if you head out to for example if you go further into places Peckham or further out out on the outskirts of London you'll come across a lot more uh, DSS tenants and that's where that market is because that's where they want to be because their jobs are local so these are all things to keep tabs on and it definitely helps you streamline your business. It's not the make or break, but it helps you streamline it. So when you're going into an agent or when you're setting up your next property, you know exactly what the outcome is. Yeah. <clears throat> I think over the course of all of that interview, it's just highlighted the fact that you've got a really good motive and you've surrounded yourself with some really, really good people. And then because of that, money has come to you. Uh, yeah. And you also work very hard for the money. But the knowledge, I think it's the people as well. You know, when you know so many people, the right people, you pick up knowledge off them and then they yeah. give you information on an area or on a deal or a way to do something. And you've done that really, really well. So now it's my time to ask you three questions, which I ask to every single person who comes on to this interview. Okay. Number one. When you think of the word successful, who's the first person who comes to mind and why? Myself. 
Whoa. Um, the, the, reason, the reason I say that uh, is because when I think of successful, it's where I picture myself to be in five, or ten, five to ten years' time. Um, and I'm constantly setting myself that goal. And wh- when I started, it was visualizing where I was, which was not the best of places, so where I wanted to be. So what my mentor set me to do, he goes, I had to visualize myself as a success. Um, and I had to do it constantly to keep me focused, keep me on goal, keep me working. And not, not in an arrogant way that, you know, I'm so great and I'm this and I'm that. But I have to be able to see myself in the end result for me to keep working to it. If I can't see it, I, I, through my own admission, I've, I flounder and I, I don't focus as hard. Um, in terms of successful inspirations, people who I find to be a great success and who I can really aspire to be like, you've got... You've, your typical, you know, Jeff Bezos from Amazon, Mark Zuckerberg, Warren, you've got, you know, all the, the top five of the Forbes rich list. Um, but for me, it's all about visualizing myself at where I want to be because success is obviously very subjective. Uh, success can mean different things to different people. Some people need millions and Aston Martins and Lamborghinis and a mansion that's worth six million. Some people just need to be able to go to sleep every night and pay their bills every month and have their family at home and that is success for them and that's all okay as long as you can envision envision yourself being there then you're on that's a good place to start interesting answer number two now for everybody who does know who listens to this podcast regularly they'll know that the next question that i'm going to ask you can actually win a copy of the book and all you need to do is share the facebook post when it's live and then at the end of that month, I will randomly pick somebody and I'll send all the books that the interviewees have answered to this question. So what is the book that has had the biggest impact on you? Uh, You're not going to say your own autobiography, are you? No, I don't have my own autobiography. It's not in my ambition to become an author. But which is uh, the book that's had the biggest impact? Um, again, there's a lot. Do I have to pick one? Yes. I have to pick one. Okay, just, well, for anyone listening, um, again, a big thing for me was always mindset. So things like fill the fear and do it anyway. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, Property Magic, uh, Napoleon Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Um, I've got Rob, Rob Moore's Money at the moment. I think for me, the biggest one was uh, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, that was the one that oh, I again, But again, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad was the one that I started with. So it may be unfair. So I, you know, I'll answer. Uh, for me, it was Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich, yeah. Yeah. I've never read um, Rich Dad Porter. Have you not? No, I've got no intentions of reading it either anymore. M- maybe, maybe not now. Um, it, 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 it's good to top up every now and then. But right at the start, I, I definitely recommend reading Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's, the, yeah. it's literally the first book that I read before my first property course. It's, it all started from that book. Wow. That's, yeah. a lot, that's the same for a lot of people, though. And I think I've heard so many people tell me so much about it and basically read the book out to me that I'm just like, okay, yeah, I get that. Yeah, there's nothing like, um, there's nothing I'd say exceptionally spectacular in it. I think it's very, it's, it's a condensed, it's a condensed book with all the best ideas taken from different places. Robert uh, yeah. Piazak is obviously a property investor anyway, so that always helps. Um, and I don't think he came from means either. So again, I was able to relate to him in, on that level. Um, yeah, once you start investing it, I don't think it has the same appeal, but definitely at the start of your journey, it's fantastic. Yeah. 
And then the last question before I let you go is what is the worst advice you see or hear in the property world? Oh, the worst advice. Oh, there's been so many. Um, there's been so many. Trying, trying to pick one. Um, the worst advice. I don't know if this really counts as the worst advice, but um, it was back when I was sourcing holes, um, and it, I was about twenty or nineteen or twenty years old, and I went to a um, a networking event, and we had a particular deal on the table at the time that we were trying to source that we were trying to sell, and uh, we were doing really well. We, we uh, it actually turned out to be quite a good meeting. We uh, networked with a lot of people, and we got a lot of contacts, and we did end up selling that deal. But the worst piece of advice I got was from actually one of the speakers at the time. And uh, he asked to see the deal and we showed it to him. We had a very quick, uh, informal discussion. And uh, he said to me that I was wrong. Um, and the reason I was wrong is because I didn't offer him a coffee. And uh, <laughs> that's always stuck with me. Um, I, think, uh, I think he was coming from a place where he felt a bit superior. And uh, the worst advice that he ever said to me was, oh, you should always offer people a coffee first. And I don't necessarily think that is true. Um, because I think if you've got a deal that, uh, especially in sourcing, if you've got a deal that holds up and you're able to deliver, um, that's what people want to see first. They don't want the coffee. Yes. So um, that's got to be up there. I mean, you've got the typical things like don't go into property. And I, I think I had a, uh, an experience at university where someone told me, oh, you know, property's not going to work. Why don't you become a solicitor? Um, which I find ironic. And uh, there's loads of little things that will come up along the way, but that coffee thing stuck with me for, even till now, it still bothers me now because it's just, it just doesn't make sense. I hear you on that one. So yeah. thank you very much for coming on. If Please any right. listeners want to get in touch with you, just let them know how they can get in touch with you. Yeah. So I'll be setting up a, um, so I'll be doing more speaking engagements throughout the year guys so please follow me I'd appreciate anyone's support as much as possible um, I'll be setting up Facebook pages and I'll and Twitter pages um, you'll see those come out across Facebook and uh, across the necessary groups um, just Facebook Raj and Bara um, I'm normally first so and I'll also be updating my LinkedIn so all the social media routes um, and I am actually happy to have a coffee with anyone if they do want to sit down and have a chat I'm more than happy to do that. Um, so, yeah, but thank you, Ryan, for having me on. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for coming on.